0: Part of learning to discern is learning to use our free will to recreate our world and recreate heaven on earth. And until we learn to discern, we will continue to get lost in fear. We will continue to give away our power. And that is why learning to discern is the most important thing you can do in your life. This is the Mind Body Detox Podcast, where we discuss all things integrative health and wellness, interviewing folks from all over the world, sharing insights and wisdom on how to live a healthier life in mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Body Detox Podcast. I am your host, Integrative Intuitive Medium, Kara Loveheart. And today's topic is one that really needs to be shared. This topic is going to really help us determine the difference between our logic and our intuition. Because I get the question all the time how do I determine if this information I'm getting or my gut feeling is actually my intuition or if I'm making it up? And it's complete fabrication of my mind. Or how do I discern with my intuition? How do I learn what is truth and what is false? And I think in the last three years, it's become very apparent that a lot of us are having a hard time discerning what the truth is. And maybe learning that In some cases, the truth is relative. The truth is subjective based on individuals' experiences. Now think about that. If you've experienced anyone over the past couple years who has had a difference in maybe personal choices for their life, for their health, for how to spend their money, for how to choose a relationship, and you maybe are seeing a perspective that they don't see, that maybe you are discerning, that may not be a good decision for them. And of course, that discernment can get really close to judgment in a more unhealthy, toxic way. But discernment in its truest form is learning to judge well, the ability to take information from your background, your experiences, your knowledge, and combine that with your own intuitive sense to make a decision on what is the best choice for you. Now, we can never discern completely entirely for someone else. If you have a child or a partner or a family member that's making decisions that are destructive in their health or their job or their relationships, it's easy to judge, it's easy to view that person as making poor decisions. And we only judge this based on what they say they want in their life. Now, that is more uh, aspect of looking at someone's life from an outside perspective, you're not attached necessarily to their own drama and their own circumstances, to be able to see and discern maybe a clearer path for them to potentially reach their goals. That's why a health coach or a therapist or a minister or any sort of counsel is very helpful in learning to discern teaching you to discern because they have these outside perceptions. But It can be a fine line between our family members utilizing their own past experiences to judge versus discern our own choices, what they think is best for us, what we think might be best for our friends or family based on what we've been through. And that's the really the hard part because we don't always know. We don't always know what spirit, what life has in store for someone, but we can learn to discern for ourselves. And the reason why I find this the most important thing that we can do right now, again, is because we have the potential to be duped, to be taken advantage of, to really give up maybe self-responsibility sometimes when we don't discern. And there's a lot of things that really come with it. The benefits of learning discernment is empowerment. It's Seeking the answers in balance from within and from without. Not being overly logical and rigid to the point where you're maybe not seeing outside of the box another potential answer or perspective that may in fact lead you in the direction in which you're looking to go. And also not solely relying on intuition where you're not actually discerning with logic as well. And following your gut because intuition can be unclear, especially when we have baggage, when we have healing to do. We can misinterpret our intuition or misread or be misguided by our own intuition or that from another from another a counselor or a professional psychic intuitive, we can be misled unintentionally sometimes, or intentionally, depending if you're seeing a charlatan or not, to making decisions that maybe feel good. And maybe we are not seeing our blind spots and looking at where we might need to look in the area of logic as well as intuition. Now the reason why I'm so passionate about this topic is I've worked with a lot of clients who have been looking and seeking to learn discernment because they want this empowerment that of course is I my life mission is to find empowerment for myself, walk the talk and teach what I have learned and learn along the way from others. And when it comes to discernment, we have so many areas in our life where we're not always able to make the best decisions. And that's where we can really fall victim and feel taken advantage of, as I said before. But the stories I'm going to share here, they're a little extreme. And it's interesting to me because for me, I know what it's like to not have discernment. So when I'm sharing these stories with you, remember, if you've had these these experiences currently happening in your life, and you were like, oh my gosh, wait a minute, I might not be discerning. Kara's sharing some information here that is new to me. Do not feel ashamed. Do not feel less than. Do not feel embarrassed. Because we all have blind spots. We all have areas in our life which we're unable to currently discern because we have emotional healing to do in an area that we're maybe not ready to look at. So the experiences of these stories are a little bit extreme, but I find it really important for us to to learn from these experiences and also to relate to some of them that might um, have shown up in our own lives or if we other people that we see go through this. So first experiences I'm going to talk about are experiences with buying objects, retail items, products, programs, things that are promising you something that you believe will be the answer to all of your problems. I believe that this is actually one of the main, I'll call it a prison. It's the main trap, the main uh, source of us repeating the same problems over and over again. When we see the next diet pill that's going to solve our problem, oh my gosh, this is the best program for weight loss. I'm going to do this and it's going to fix me. This is the new pharmaceutical medication that's going to fix my problem. And again, in some of these cases, it can. But these particular examples are very common where we are banking on someone else, a doctor, a coach, a counselor, somebody else, something else, to be the answer and to fix everything for us. Now, that's a part of ourselves that is afraid of, maybe the responsibility that we need to take in our own lives. And by giving up that responsibility and giving it away to someone else, whether it's responsibility for your own relationships, your own money and finances, your own health, whatever it may be, we can absolutely be giving our power away by not just facing this fear that like, yeah, I'm straight up afraid of more responsibility in my life. I already have too much. It feels overwhelming to think about doing something else that I have to take care of. That can be something that our culture, of course, keeps us very, very busy and overwhelmed that we can, of course, get caught up and not even realize that we're giving away our power, not discerning, is this health product or treatment or person that I'm working with professionally for my health? Are they the right person for me? Logically. And of course, a gut sense. Are you feeling a sense of purpose and a sense of connection and therapeutic dynamic with this individual or this program or this product or whatever it is? Because we don't have discernment, we don't use our critical thinking skills as well as our intuition. We have a harder time to discern and then we continue to do whatever the program is or the pill or maybe work with someone for a little while and we don't see permanent change. And this is where I think that on a grander scale, if we zoom this out and look at our culture, we look at our culture, we want a quick fix. We want something fast. We want to solve a problem on the surface. When we continue to really act in this way individually, we're contributing to the masses of all of us who don't want to do that and want to just have the quick fix. And that's where I see It affects our family life, it affects our relationships, our health, our money, our school systems, even the way that we're our businesses are set up, and the way that we treat the planet and our bodies. Like if you take this one concept, and look at let's just size it down, my decision to use a health product that maybe isn't actually working on why I keep overeating. Maybe it's going to help with my um, metabolism. It's going to speed my metabolism up temporarily while I take this pill. Okay. But when you're done taking it because it's not a permanent fix, is it going to solve the emotional eating because of stress or overwork or other underlying relationship issues that we're not maybe potentially dealing with in our life that we overeat because of the stress of them or money issues we eat because we're stressed or because we feel empty? So this is just one example, I think that's so common, but even how we we um, get duped into these money, uh, get rich quick programs or businesses, and I think that there are a lot of opportunities out there, especially at this time, to really make a lot of income and money um, that you can learn to discern the best way to do that for you. But whenever it's too good to be true, most of the time it is. Except for I would say in the um this is so funny because i I say in the mind body detox program that I run it, you know when I explain it to people and we we market for this program, it's so funny to me because I'm sitting here looking at it from the outside end of how will people perceive this, especially if they haven't gone through this program and what we have to offer and I thought it sounds too good to be true because it fixes on a root level all of these areas, not just your physical body, your emotional spiritual stuff. And it seems too good to be true from the outside looking in, but the difference is this program and many programs out there for people who are really, really in this n- amazing new paradigm shift that we're seeing on our planet of looking at the root cause and actually fixing it, my program, other programs out there, really isn't too good to be true. But the caveat is you got to do the work. And that's why I think when we learn to discern, we have this self-responsibility that turns on. And that's when the empowerment starts to set in. And we start working on this journey towards empowerment. Now, why don't we discern? So first of all, is that naivety. You know, when you're a child, you don't understand a specific, how do we do this? I don't know how to do this. Example for me, I, of course, had a really big crush on this boy in elementary school. And he was a soccer player. And I was really tall. So when I was in gym class, they wanted me to be the goalie. Now, I had no ability to discern and think logically, like, wait, I have no idea how to be the goalie. I'm going to let the whole team down. But I was naive and thought, I really like this boy. He's a soccer player. Maybe he'll think I'm so cool because I'm going to be the goalie, you know? And the goalie seems like a cool role. I knew nothing about soccer. So, of course, when they're they're coming at me with the ball and they're ready to, like, hit it into the net, and then they're, like, telling me, like, what to do. They're like, go pick it up, pick it up. And I'm like, okay. And I'm looking all over the place, like a scared like animal. Like, what am I supposed to do? I pick up the ball. I start running. They say, run, run, run. And I'm like, where do I run? I'm like, okay, I just keep running across the field. And then they say, punt, punt, punt. And I'm like, I have no idea what punting is. So I threw the ball. And so from that experience, I didn't discern like, hey, this isn't a good idea. You should probably learn about soccer before you take up to be the goalie. If you want to become friends with this boy that you like so much, you know, get in the friend zone at least, right? So you can get to know this person you have this huge crush on, you should probably learn how to play soccer. So that naivety is something that I think we've all experienced that first day of work or a social situation that we don't know what to say or what not to say. Or we get duped when we're on vacation. You know, a lot of people when they go down, uh, I heard this like in the Bahamas and other locations that people go, they get scammed, or they get Robbed, and they don't even know by by pit pockets. They don't even realize it because they're naive in the way that they are in a new situation, and they're not understanding what's the right way to guard against that. And so, I think naivety is something we've all experienced, and it's really sometimes it's it's this really raw space of vulnerability. It's some place that we don't usually like to be in. You know, it's, it's not something that we welcome a lot of times. But when we learn to discern, we can again balance our intuition and our logic, be in a space of vulnerability and openness. But knowing through experience of discernment, we know over and over again, if we practice this skill that we develop, we can learn that I'm safe in this situation, because I know how to discern I feel when it's time to leave, I have a sense when this is what we should be doing. I've learned from this situation and analyze the data here, this is not a safe situation, or this is someone's trying to swindle me. So it's really important that we recognize that we all have these experiences where we're naive, or we second guess our intuition, we don't discern correctly, because we have the logic And our intuition says, don't listen to the logic. There's something not right here. And we don't listen to it. So that's part of our discernment. We may listen to others and follow others, what they are doing or the trends, because we aren't discerning based on self-respect, self-love, that maybe this isn't right for me. I want to be loved by others and accepted by others. So I'm going to follow the trends and listen to them so I can be socially accepted. And that's really hard. So many of us struggle with that. But discernment is something, again, that leads to empowerment, that we can feel empowered and I'm not going to listen to them or this is not the right decision for me. And it doesn't matter what they say. If they find out for themselves, they'll come and say, I should have listened to you or whatever it is. You, you, you set yourself up for healthier dynamics and relationships. And sometimes you can be a really great example for others for learning to discern. And people really, really need that. So today, I, I really encourage us to think about how we can detox. And what I mean by detox is get rid of, to eliminate, to purge any of these areas that we might have um, related to not discerning, fear of being taken advantage of, our fear of responsibility, our fear of looking you know, like we don't know, and sometimes our fear of just making mistakes. Uh We sometimes are perfectionists, and we don't want to make mistakes. So Discernment in all its forms is an art form is a skill set that we learn. And again, we learn it for empowerment. It's about seeking the answers from a with- within and from without the logical and the intuitive. Now, before we go into some more stories, I'm going to briefly take a-, a side path here. Because a lot of my clients ask me, what's the difference between logic and intuition? How do I tell whether it's my logical mind or my intuitive mind telling me something? So in my own experience, When we get intuitive information, whether that's a gut feeling, it's a thought, maybe we hear a song in our head or a voice, or maybe we have a vision in our head, we might just get a picture of something. A lot of times intuitive information is nonlinear, meaning if you get an intuitive hit or intuitive pop or something that just, it pops up, it comes out of nowhere. You can follow that intuitive vision, that gut feeling, that voice. If you follow it back, it doesn't have a linear path in your mind. So what I mean by that, if we're sitting having a conversation and we're talking about music and then we start thinking about the band that we're talking about, and when we were in this grade or when we were in college, we went to see this band. Then we start talking about the the people we were around at that time and a party we went to. You can follow the associative memories back to a particular song or whatever's going on. You can follow it back and it's associated with something. And that's usually what happens. You're following your train of thought. And that is more the logical brain that's working. Now, intuitively, This is where we'll get a pop, we'll get a hit, we'll get something that comes out of nowhere. Now, if you can't follow that thought back, chances are that's an intuitive bit of information. And how I encourage people to follow these bits of information is whenever they happen, they pop into your mind, they may not make sense logically. And that's the point. They don't come from the logical part of the brain. The intuitive part of the brain is also the creative part of the brain, that operating system. That's why a lot of times people who I'm working with that are developing their intuition, the intuitive information they're getting feels made up. It feels that they're creating it. And it's going to feel similar to that. So that's something you can learn to work with, write down any intuitive information you get that you can't follow a train of thought back, just write it down in a little notebook that you keep with you or on your phone. And then when you find something that makes sense later, whether it's your these are common ones, like you're sitting and all of a sudden the phone rings, and you just get an image of a friend in your head, and they haven't talked to you in a long time, and you pick up the phone, and it's them calling, you know, th- that's an interjecting thought. That's something you can't linearly think, think back, why did I think about that person right now? You know, if that doesn't make sense to you, and you have proof then there, that was some sort of intuitive moment. So write those things down and praise yourself when you have them. Do not give yourself negative feedback or anything like that when you are not getting the intuition right. Just say, okay, that wasn't right and move on. So anyway, back to our discernment here. Um, but the difference between logic and intuition, follow your train of thought back. If there's no train of thought, it could be an intuitive pop. So going back to discernment, I think when it comes to politics, you know, that's a, a huge topic that how do we discern whether someone's telling us the truth or not? Well, there's a lot of logic involved, I think, in politics that isn't followed logically, following the money trail, following people's history and their actions, Actions speak louder than words. What have these people done? Local politicians and global politicians or national politicians. I'm not talking about all of them. Even the politics in your local church or your local community. Who are these people? Discerning their character by their action steps not just by how they feel when they shake your hand, because people are shapeshifters, especially politicians. They, of course, want to be relatable and want to be liked because, of course, is what they do for their job. But if we follow logic, you know, with everything that this person has done and also our gut feelings, that discernment can change and completely transform our system and our government. Just that alone, by choosing self-responsibility to go and research And research with this aspect of critical thinking skills that we don't learn in high school. We don't always learn critical thinking. You know, what's the best place to source our our information from? You know, of course, following the money trail. Is this particular website, you know, get money off of clickbait? They like people clicking on us because this is a crazy story and it gives them money and, you know, puts the food on the table for their children and their family. Like, that's a really big thing we don't think about. And everybody has some sort of financial gain a lot of times when it comes to journalism. And that's why, you know, science is great. Science is sometimes flawed too. Science is perfect. The people who behind the science sometimes that are getting paid off, that's not always the best. So again, discernment in politics and also discernment in science and looking up things. Discernment in science as well is looking at if you learn about how studies are done. Sometimes studies are not done in a way that um, is replicable, and sometimes it is skewed. The data can be skewed based on what they want the outcome to be because they're selling a a product or something like that that uh, will give them financial gain. Another area of discernment, I think, is relationships and sex. I think that we have so many unhealed, unlooked at aspects of our own personal sexuality that we're scared to really embrace or look at, that we have a hard time discerning what's right for us in our personal sexual relationships. And that's a whole other podcast in itself. But if something is not right for you and your own background, it doesn't matter what other people do or what's socially acceptable. It's what you are particularly needing for your own life. And as long as it's healthy for you um, and not hurtful to you or others, that's something that discernment can really be an empowering position to make decisions out of when it comes to your own sex life. And then, of course, money. Uh, Like I said before, money and discernment. Everyone's asking, like, should I, you know, what should I do with my investments? And you really give away your power a lot of times when you are hands off with how you handle your money. And I think that's a big area where we would rather just have someone take take care of it for us. You know, that's the advantage of not taking self-responsibility. It's another thing that we're scared of. We don't know how to deal with it. We're afraid of it. You know, I'm sure when you were in high school, right? Wasn't the first thing that was scary was like <gasps> algebra. Everyone talks about algebra. Like it's going to be the most horrible thing. It's going to be scary, right? And I think a lot of times until we learn the system and understand it, It is scary, and we don't make decisions that are maybe the best for us or others. We can make decisions that are second-guessing our new intuition or following other people and following the trends, right? Giving up our power, being naive. And so learning about money, learning about how money works, how to budget, how investments work, That's a really simple thing. It's really simple. And I think a lot of us are really scared of it because we have our own money wounds. And again, go back, listen to the Money Detox podcast episode if you have not listened to that. It's a much deeper issue than just that podcast, but discernment can really help in that area. So as you're seeing, discernment can help in so many areas, right? Um, Taking a job like I said, relationships, health, buying anything, buying a big item, such as a house or anything small, discerning what you need, what's logical, what makes sense for you versus just an impulse buy or something that's making you feel good. And it's not really going to give you value. And then we have discernment when it comes to this is a really big one, especially now. And of course, I'm going to go into this because I'm a psychic medium. And I have worked in this field for the last 15 years. And I've seen amazing people who are just really waking up to their gifts. And what more we need more of these people who can really tap in and help us on this planet, help us get connected with our intuition, with spirit, if we want to call it that whatever our higher power is, whatever label we give it, It's there trying to speak to us for a long time. We just used to only go to someone else to give us those answers. And still that's where we're at in some capacity. A lot of people come to me because they want me to tell them, you know, what's the right way and what's this and what does spirit say? And I don't do that. You know, it's funny because I have for years done readings. And my intention is always to help empower people to affirm what they already know, give them insight and open up perspectives to themselves that they were unable to see. But once they can see it, they go, yes, that is completely right. Because that's really what we're here to do. Giving intuitive insights, and then connecting with people who have crossed over, of course, because not everyone can connect with that. It's not their life path. But it helps people heal. It helps us to really have trust that there is an afterlife, helps us to trust that our loved ones are there, and feel at peace that they're not somewhere in a, you know, negative place, a place in which we've been programmed by our religious culture that is the bad place you go. And that's just absolutely not necessarily true. When it comes to psychics, we're gonna, again, talk about that. Because I've seen some really curious choices that some of my clients have made. And my intention for sharing this information today is to... Give you some insight on lack of discernment, what it can look like, especially in the psychic realm, because this is where we give up our power the most. Money and politics absolutely trigger us and we can give up our power to get power with money or get, you know, even in relationships, we can try to do that too. But in this area, it's, it's so big now that, you know, I see, you know, the TikTok explosion of Everyone pulling cards and doing readings and, you know, there's not always necessarily um, background experience, professional ethics that are happening and integrity. And that's okay. If you're in a position where you don't have the discernment to realize, wait, maybe I shouldn't tell someone that, you know, the day that they're going to die or their grandma's going to die on this day and this year. Maybe that's not in their own best interest because there's a lot of information that I tap into as an intuitive that's not always meant to be shared. It's really more meant for myself a lot of times. And that's really the intention, the main source of why we get intuition. It is our direct line to spirit. And until we can cultivate and heal and repair that direct line to trusting our intuition, trusting source, to give us a sense of peace, to give us direction when we're feeling lost all those things that we can, you know, people have crossed to those side to connect ourselves directly until we learn to rehook up. We've been disconnected. We've been told all different things depending on our religious background. Um, that there's fear, you know, that it's scary or that, you know, talking to the dead is the devil or we've been, we've been taught that maybe when you die, you go to hell and then there's fear around that. We've been taught and controlled by fear, you know, and not necessarily intentionally because these are just fear stories that have passed down. We have used fear in our in our evolution as humans to survive. Fear is like, don't go in that dark cave. Because why? There might be something in there that's going to eat you. You know, so fear has served us well. But now it's no longer serving us. It's disempowering us. There is a healthy sense of fear, a healthy sense of intuitive gut feeling. You shouldn't go down that dark alley. Something's there just for your own survival. But then there is now a toxic fear that is again, I think the pandemic has caused more fear and created opportunities for us to look at the things we're afraid of. Death, losing our jobs, losing our loved ones, uh, misuse of power in politics or religion or in business, You know, looking at our health issues. It's caused all these fears that we've maybe not wanted to look at for so many years and take self-responsibility for. They have surfaced and we have to look at them. But a lot of times when we are so scared right now, And any time in history when, again, there is upheaval and there's a lot of crisis, that's when we have a lot of people going to astrology and to psychics and people like that, because we want to know. We want to settle our fears. We want someone to tell us it's going to be okay, or that person's not going to die, or you're going to find your loved one and your soulmate, or you're going to get that job. You want to go to that tarot reader and not have, you know, you're like, oh, they're going to pull the death card, you know, and we don't understand that, that... If they pull the death card, that means I'm going to die or my partner's going to die. Until we learn to discern and we learn the logic that that card is not actually meaning that. And until we educate ourselves and understand that tarot is not the devil, it is a amazing tool for introspection. We understand that it's our it's the human story. It's the human drama played out and how it logically usually plays out for all of us, no matter what cycle we are in our life. And each of those cards represents that. They're symbols. We're in Scorpio season right now, you know, for everyone who is out there and interested in astrology here, we are in this time of year when uh, fall happens, the leaves are dying, everything's releasing and letting go. So this getting ready for the stillness for the winter. And it's interesting to me because death is a time of transformation, letting go, releasing anything that you don't need anymore. A part of you can quote unquote, die or be let go of to move on. And that's really important. It's an amazing uh, release from baggage that can happen. If you let go of an old relationship wound that you've been thinking about or mauling over, or your anger against the system or the politics or the religion or whatever's corrupt in your life, or letting go of past work trauma, um, or even health issues and moving forward, you can't move forward sometimes with all this baggage. So I think when we learn to discern we can still go to counsel. We can still go to psychic healers. We can go to these people and get empowered information that supports our journey. But I really seek to help people learn discernment so that they don't have to give their power away to a psychic or a healer or to a counselor or to a doctor, that you're partnering with these people. These people are there to support your life. Now, the reason why I think I've maybe have shared some of these in the in, uh, past, if you've seen work, been in workshops with me, or you've been in any of my l- lectures or talks, I do talk about some of the experiences I've seen in the psychic community. And you guys out there who are professionals, if you're a psychic or you're an uh, aspiring intuitive professional, I support you in every way I can possibly. I've seen just the lack of discernment, even with people who are in this profession. Again, why would you tell someone when they're going to die? You know, how is that going to help them? It creates more fear. If a information that you get or if you've given to someone, if you are an intuitive professional, that has created more fear in someone's life, I don't know how that's serving, you know? And there is no right or wrong. I'm not here to judge. But I think every circumstance is different. And I think that it's really important to look at where we are being misled or duped. I had a client came to me about 10 years ago now, I think it was, oh man, time flies, right? She had came to me because she wanted to double check if the curse on her family was removed. She said that I, I was told that there was a curse on my family and the psychic I went to, she gave me a crystal and she told me that the crystal was going to heal the curse on my family. And she showed me the crystal and she I said, wow, that's a beautiful crystal. And she said, yeah, it was $3,000. She sold it to me for $3,000. And my jaw dropped and my stomach started to just clench up and my heart ached. And I just thought, Oh my goodness. That is absolutely unnecessary. That is something that not only for myself as a professional intuitive, it does give other people who are in alignment. The, the whole, it gives the whole, um, profession a bad name, but it, every profession has bad. You know, eggs. You know, we have dentists and we have doctors, we have nurses, we have professional athletes. Any profession's going to have people who are not in the most highest expression or in, in it, working in professionals or integrity or following the rules or what's right. So of course, it really bothered me, and I knew that this person needed to learn discernment and learning to trust her own intuition instead of giving away her power and going to someone else to tell them what to do. Another example I've had Reiki is of course the. I'm amazing. If you listen to the last episode with, um, two episodes ago with, uh, Ricky Friedman, we talk about Reiki and it's amazing modality. Now, Reiki is something you can learn online now. And I don't necessarily think it's the best way to learn. It's good information, but I think it's something that traditionally we, um, learn through a teacher and a mentor and the way that it's being taught can sometimes, um, lessen the integrity and, um, just the quality of what we're looking for to bring to pass on that modality and to honor it and for where it came from. But I've had some interesting experiences with clients coming to us. We have a Reiki instructor who's been doing it for over 20 years. She's also a psychotherapist, which is really amazing to have that background when you're learning from someone, you learn to discern, you know, people will come and they're maybe struggling with mental health issues, and they want to get Reiki to fix it instead of, going to see a therapist because they're worried about the stigma with that's associated with mental health issues. You know, and that's a big deal for people out there who are healers, we need to learn to discern to help people make the decision, you know, out of love and not be afraid to go and seek counsel when they need it. Because we are a lot of us are going through a lot of mental health challenges. It's a lot when fear comes up, These last two years has brought up everything for us, right? It's really important to get that assistance. But we have a client had come to me that had trained outside of our clinic, and they had said, something's wrong with with my third eye. Now, for those of you who are not aware, the third eye is part of the chakra system. It's part of um, a traditional Eastern system that is, you're, you're an energetic anatomy. So if you've heard of the third eye, it's usually how people explain how we see visual cues from the spirit world. Or, or sense with clarity, I should say. And she said her teacher told her that in order for her to move up to the next level in Reiki training, she needed to psychically see the Reiki symbols above her client's heads. And she said, something's wrong, I don't see them. Now, that's never how that modality was taught. It was never how that was intended to be. It's um, Sometimes we have people who feel this sense of I call it spiritual egotism and power, you know, like, hey, I'm a Reiki master teacher, I have these people that respect me, that are coming to me and giving me energetic power, because I don't feel empowered enough. We're looking for it outside of ourselves. That's the type of people that do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a lot of people who are engaging in that play, engaging in that drama, they're there to learn discernment. So of course, I want to go and fix all of this. You know, I would love to take away any of these stories where people are taken advantage of. But I know my client needed to learn through that experience that she is better off by making decisions for herself, trusting her intuition and using logic because that doesn't make sense. So I'm so glad she had came to me because again, there was nothing wrong with her, you know, visual acuity. She wasn't necessarily needing to see that. But I think for me, I've experienced over the years people come and they want a tower reading, they want an oracle reading they want something done and I don't I don't necessarily use cards. I can, but I just need a name I don't even need to be around the person to read what's going on and get a nice idea of what they need. But are we supposed to always be reading for other people? If you go to a psychic professional or an astrologer and you're asking them to help you read for your boyfriend who has you have not gotten permission from him. That is something that can be a crossing of someone's boundaries. Um, and it's important to, I think, um, not do that. And I think other professionals shouldn't be doing that. It's just my personal opinion. When I get people coming to me who need to learn discernment, I'm so happy because it's like they're ready to really tap in, get plugged in, and I say work myself out of a job, that I can turn on these people they have the intuition, they have the light, they have the connection from within. And then I'm just hooking them up to it, affirming what they're seeing. Or saying, you know, let's try a little bit different here. Let's try this technique to see if you're getting tapped in. That way, we no longer can get duped by politicians by I would say cults, you know, religions are great, you know, there's a lot of great religions out there, but cults, areas of religion or subsects of religion that are taking advantage of people, or people that are maybe would be using us for money or in relationships in some capacity, or even just trying to sell us things. It's really important that we learn this. And so the discernment rules. (laughs) So we're going to talk about how do we know if we're discerning correctly. And the first thing is Have you used your logic and critical thinking skills to access or assess the information? If you have a situation you're in and you're not sure what decision to make, again, this could be anything, relationship, your health, whatever it is, money, what is the decision? What's the crossroads? Have you used logic to assess the situation? And if you're emotionally intertwined with that situation, it's hard for you to kind of back up and look from have a clearer perspective, I should say. That's where you can seek counsel. Seek an outside perspective to give you some logical awareness. Now, if you're someone that is more easily influenced and you know that whatever that other person's going to say, I have a hard time trusting myself and I go with what other people say and listen to their perspectives too much. If you know that's going to sway you from your own empowerment and making a decision for you, then don't seek outside counsel. Again, only you are the one who can know how to discern if it's right for you in that situation to seek guidance from outside of yourself or to use only your own logical reserves or logical part of your, of your thinking. So number one, use logic to assess the situation. Number two in learning how to discern and making sure you're discerning is to maintain curiosity and encourage healthy questioning. If you're critical, skeptical, or rigid about a situation, you may not be seeing clearly. You could be using too much logic. I think healthy questioning is an important thing to do because I heard people that come and they see me and they said that they're skeptical about psychic readings or whatever. And it's not necessarily sometimes that they're skeptical. They sometimes come making up their mind that this is not real. That's not skepticism to me. I discern that to be a belief. That's the same thing as a belief. You're a believer in. And if, you know, you're someone that's like, I believe that the earth is flat, there's nothing you can do or say to make someone believe otherwise. A lot of times if someone's believing that that's what's real for them and it's true for them. So I, again, think that if you are maintaining curiosity. And you're encouraging yourself to ask questions in a healthy capacity, not a skeptical, like, well, I don't think this is real and and cynical, like this is dumb and this isn't really, that necessarily isn't going to allow you to have the full spectrum, wide vision of discernment that gives you all the pieces of the puzzle, all the information, as much as you can to make a best decision for you at that time. How do I discern number three? Are you using your intuitive muscles? This means trusting your gut. Trust in your visions you might get. Trust in your heart or your feeling, your empathic sense. That's really important to do so. Questions you can ask in the situation after you said, okay, am I using my logic to assess the situation? Am I maintaining open curiosity and asking healthy questions? And am I trusting my intuition here? Those three things can help you discern. But then also ask these questions. Who benefits in this situation? If there's a person involved or maybe a company that's selling you a product, right? Of course, they're going to benefit by you buying the product. But do you also benefit? Is this also something that's going to help you? And you can try it. And if it doesn't, you learn through experiment, trial and error that it's not correct. That's also part of the discernment. Who benefits in a relationship dynamic can help you understand or really discern, are you having an equal empowered transaction in your relationships? Or is it more one sided and parasitic? So that's really, really important. That's why when people come to see me as a professional, they're only allowed to see me for a psychic reading, when it comes to just an overall reading, not health coaching and mind body detox coaching, we're really going deep into the energy body, they're able to come to see me once every six months, if they see me over that, it becomes parasitic, where they're relying on me for their own empowerment. And I will call them out on that. I think it's really important. There are people that go to psychics every week, tell me what lottery numbers to play. Tell me what to do here. That is, to me, just not empowerment. And it's not empowerment at all. One example I had, I had a woman who had called years ago, she said, I, I you have a medium there, right? And I said, oh, I'm the medium. She goes, well, my boyfriend passed away. Can you read for me? And I said, Well, that for me is I want to have you in the office. It is something that I don't do over the phone right now. And I have paperwork you have to sign and there's legal disclaimers, there's all this stuff for a business. And she said, Well, okay, well, I want to make an appointment. I said, Okay, well, I was getting a sense I wasn't supposed to read for her. That's all I got. I said, I'm not supposed to read for this person. But so I continued to ask her her, my questions, my, my professional boundary questions, which are, how long has it been since your person has passed? Um, Yesterday. And I said, well, I have a policy that it has to be at least a month um, after the person is crossed to really for me to connect with them. Not only does it help them accolade on the other side, a lot of times I might not get clear information. They may not be fully anchored into the other side yet for me to talk with them. And also you need to go through that grieving process a little bit because there is what I call a veil of grief that can sometimes happen that the information, even if it's clear and it's absolutely on point, the person who's grieving cannot hear it clearly because they're in grief. They're in despair. So the client said to me, well, I talked to another psychic and she said she could see me today. And I said, okay, well, I'm just saying that I do this and I make these decisions, what's best for my clients. And if that's not okay with you, then I'm sorry, you know, maybe you could see the other person. Although again, that's a parasitic dynamic. It is taking advantage of someone for their money, that other individual they were seeing, taking advantage of someone for their money. And especially when they're in a space of grief. Now, maybe their perspective, maybe that intuitive psychic perspective was maybe she was supposed to read for her. Maybe she really is supposed to help her. And this person maybe would commit suicide because of the loss of her boyfriend. And maybe this psychic was meant to read for her. And it was something that she was making an exception of crossing a boundary of whatever her boundaries are. So again, I can't judge. So this is where judgment and discernment comes in. Based on my logic and my professional boundaries, I could judge and say that that was wrong of her. I could say that maybe she was being parasitic and just wanted her money, but I don't really know. And the reason why I don't really know, and this is really important to listen to, when I'm emotionally triggered and this sets off a red flag for me, this starts to put me in a rigid box of how I think should things should be professionally for my psychic professional box, what I put it in. So whenever we are triggered by something, that's when we can't get intuitive information. So for that situation, because it was triggering for me that someone would see someone in that position that I thought was, in my perspective, I judged as wrong, I won't be able to see or intuit if it was actually right or not. And that's why whenever, for my own self, if I have an issue with my son, I'm, of course, I'm emotionally attached to him. I'm triggered by a certain thing, or maybe I'm worried about something. If I am emotionally attached to that situation, I will not be able to discern and balance logic and intuition because I... Logic and fear get in the way, right? Oh my gosh, but what if this happens to him and he's so young and what if this? All the stories, right? So when I can't discern and I can't quiet my mind, get in, you know, in touch with my own intuition because of that, that is when I go to counsel. That is when I go to my colleagues and say, Hey, I need some assistance here processing this. Can you help me process this? And that is the best time for you to reach out, because that is part of discernment. In that situation, you can discern, I'm overly emotional. I can't use my logic correctly here. I need counsel to ground myself and anchor myself so I can yet again find balance and you know be back in that place where I can balance my intuition and my logic to make a decision based out of discernment. So it's really good in those situations to do it. So that question you're asking is, who benefits in this situation? Remember, is it empowered and equal transaction or is it one-sided and parasitic? Very important question to ask. That one question alone, who benefits can really help discernment and really help you discern in a big way. Cause there's so much of our discernment uh, lessons are really in re- regarding relationships and an exchange of energy, whether it's, it's a control energy or whatever's happening there. Is it equal and empowered or is it one sided and parasitic? Now, I will make a caveat here. Equal and empowered. If you have issues with money, and you're going to someone that's charging for something, you may say, well, they're just taking money for what they're doing. And I think it's really important to know that there must be an equal exchange for that person's time. They're helping you to some capacity. What's their expertise, their background? Do they have testimonials? Or a lot of people really are vouching for this professional that's a really amazing whatever they do. It's important that we discern out of neutrality. So if we're triggered because someone's charging a certain amount of money, or we're triggered because a personality type that this person has, we may not necessarily be able to discern if it is equal or if it's parasitic, because we can project our own stuff onto a person. That is where the question to ask next is, okay, who benefits in this situation? Number two is, where are my blind spots, my programs, my conditionings, my weak points and my fears? Do I have issues with authority figures. And this person really comes off as really empowered. And I could perceive them as wanting to take advantage of me, but maybe they're just really confident in themselves in a healthy way. Because your blind spot could make you think that a a, transaction is not equal and empowered because of a wound or something in the background that you haven't dealt with. And again, that money issue is a big potential um, example as well. Where are my blind spots as far as my weak points and my fears? Maybe your weak point is, I don't like to be alone. I would rather fill that and discern to be in this relationship with my neighbor or someone that isn't really healthy for me, but because it gives me a sense of satisfaction temporarily. That is a blind spot. That may be you not able to discern based on your own self-respect and self-love that you've currently developed. It's only come to a certain point for you yet, maybe. And instead of going, you know, that person's not good for me. I do need to be alone and I'm afraid of it. I'm going to work with that. I'm going to find people to help me get over this fear, whatever the reason is there. And maybe being alone is very helpful for me to connect with my intuition instead of trust someone else and go to them and listen to what they say. And maybe that is a way for you to give up self-responsibility by not being alone, going and being with someone else to give you the answers. So that's a blind spot that I see a lot. And it's really common we do get afraid to be alone because then we have to deal with our, our own issues, right? We have to deal with those scary parts of ourself. And I guarantee you when you do that with help and support and you take it bite-sized chunks, that's empowerment. That's finding and overcoming those fears, you know, like looking at the monster under the bed and realizing it's not really a monster. So who benefits in the situation? Where are my blind spots? And when you find those blind spots, am I confiscating my power? or integrity by making decision A or decision B. It's absolutely something that we get continual lessons in on how to discern where we give away our power. Am I confiscating my power or integrity by making either of these decisions? Especially when you have two choices to make. Usually it's always two choices. Yes or no, do it, don't do it. Path A, path B, whatever it is. The Choice is always, it includes at least two options. Two or more. So if you're confiscating your power or your integrity in a decision, what that can look like is you are in any capacity giving up a sense of fear for a temporary sense of satisfaction or safety, whether that is going out and spending more money than you need because you're maybe shopping to fill a hole. And it gives you a temporary sense of satisfaction, right? You're confiscating your power and your integrity, maybe with one of those decisions, Or it could be, you know what, I deserve to buy something, you know, and I really do need to go on a shopping spree and treat myself. And that can empower you and actually fill you up. So in that case, that decision is out of integrity and empowerment for you. So that one decision right there to go out and shop, depending on where you're at, depending on what's going on in your life. Who's benefiting in this situation? Is there an equal empowered transaction? I'm going to the store. I'm going to benefit that store by, you know, paying money to buy their clothing. And then I'm going to feel empowered. Or is it one-sided where that store is going to benefit? I'm draining my wallet and I'm going to feel temporarily good, but then I'm going to still feel shitty. That's really where you can take the who benefits, where are my blind spots? And am I confiscating my power of integrity with the decision? Those questions are so powerful. Those can be the things that can really deepen your skill, the skill set of learning discernment and then further along you on the path of empowerment. Now, I'm going to finalize this episode by sharing a story that just happened to me. This is actually, I'm so grateful for this new client I had. Um, She's an amazing woman and I was inspired to do this episode uh, because this is the sixth or seventh person that has come to me in the last year where they're having these type of situations where they want someone else to tell them. They want someone else to give them the answers. And I know that there are some psychic professionals out there. You can go on these online chat rooms. You can find them on TikTok. You can find those quick answers. You can find someone that will give you an answer. It may not be the right answer because you've got to remember that free will is the wild card of the universe, They may say, well, you're not going to get the job. Okay, I am here to tell you that if you're following your intuition and your logic and you're following your life purpose, everything that you ever dream and desire will come to you. Everything you ever dream and desire will show up and you can reach that desire by placing goals, making action steps. Nothing has been set on our heart, on our path that is a desire or a passion. If it's truly a desire or passion, not out of our programming Nothing has been said on our hearts that we can't achieve if it's truly in, in alignment with who we are and what we're meant to be here. So that's why I encourage people to learn to discern when they're getting a reading from anyone, even myself, because it's really important to not give away your power. It's so important because we have done that for so long as a society, even as women, men too. So we've done this and it's time to not do this anymore. So I had this new client came to me and she sat down and when she came into the room, I immediately felt, discomfort all over my body and i said oh my gosh this woman doesn't know why she's here and if you don't know why you're here when you're coming to see me it's like all the radio stations at once all your life stuff comes to my radio tuner and i'm getting childhood stuff i'm getting information about animals you owned i'm getting information about your body about people in your life it's overwhelming because it's almost like the person walks in and says i don't know why i'm here i just want you to do whatever you do and if that person's free will comes in and sits down and says, I need to focus on my job, I need to focus on my relationships, then I have a directive, let's tune into the frequency of information or the bandwidth, or whatever I'm tuning into, I'm trying I use words like radio waves, because it's the easiest way to explain how I do it. it, is just say, okay, Let me tune in to what's going on in your relationships. And then we look at how your body's being affected, how you're emotionally being affected, what the dynamics and the patterns of behavior are in your relationship dynamics for your life. Where did that pattern start if it's an unhealthy pattern? Then I get flooded with all of that information. Because you think about how much information you carry in your life, all the accidents you've been through, all the trauma, all the joys, all the people you've interacted with, all the clothing you're wearing. And who made those clothes? who touched those clothes? who shipped them, who marketed them? There are energetic imprints of people all over, everywhere. So depending on how sensitive and intuitive it is, you can get so much information and it won't be it won't be valid. You come in and sit down, I'm feeling a, a woman that has a, a scar in her left hand. Blah, blah, blah. well, that doesn't make any sense to the person. Then you find out, oh, it was the person who made your 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 handbag that you brought in I feel and i'm in, I'm tapped into that. so hopefully that makes sense for you. Why, as a reader. A lot of readers need a clear focus. What are we focusing on? Or what's in for my highest good to hear today? And that's usually what I tell people when they have no idea what they want. But this woman sat down. She had no idea what she wanted. She pulled out a checklist. She pulled out a notebook and she opened it up and she pulled out her pencil. She said, okay. As I asked her, I said, "How, how did you find me? And what can I do to help you today? And then she starts going down the list. I have a friend. I want to know about her cancer. I have an issue with this. I want to know about this. When's this person going to die? If you get dates, that's great. If not, that's not. So it was just a laundry list of things about other people, things about her husband, things about her friends, things about her past grandmother. It was all this huge list of other people. Now, it was obvious to me that this woman was very intuitive, that she was connected and tapped in. And didn't tell me this. And I knew she was kind of thinking, I want to size her up and see how good of a psychic she is. And, you know, that's, that's, that's there, you know, it happens sometimes, but mostly my, my intention is to help people feel empowered. So I said, you know, how can I empower this woman? I want her to leave feeling empowered. And, and it's not for me to read another person who is not here and tell them when they're going to die. Because first of all, I don't do that or to read for another person and say, This person does have cancer and its back. I am not a doctor. Any medical intuitive out there should not be diagnosing and using the C word or any sort of diagnosis. They may see an energy pattern in the body or in the cells or something like that, that reflects something similar to a particular diagnosis, or it be congested area or an area that's holding an emotion or maybe a higher level of toxicity, the body's not eliminating the organs of elimination aren't working properly. Those are things as medical intuitives that we read. I want to make that very clear. That and potential issues with relationship dynamics are the things that are affecting your physical body, that affect your medical conditions. We don't diagnose. Unless you're a doctor and you're also medical intuitive, or someone you're going to is also a doctor, they should never ever tell you those things. So of course I educated her about that and said, that's not what I do. I want to know about you. I want to know about why you're here. And then That's when we opened up the can of worms. There was upset. There was frustration with me. There was, well, wait a minute. I'm here to not work on me. I want to hear about these other people. There was that avoidance there. But what was really great about this session was I got this inspiration to talk about discernment and talk about how much I see this in, in a lot of people who really are trusting someone else like myself, giving away their power to me, me to remind her how powerful she is as an intuitive woman, And to affirm all the things she sees and experiences that she didn't tell me about that were really helpful for her to know that she is on track. She is tapped in. She is connected to source. Because what more empowerment do you want other than you getting direct information from your higher power, your spirit guides, your angels, whatever you call it? I think that that is really what we're talking about here. That is the whole goal to discernment in life in general. And... Again, for this woman, I know she had a great a great session. We gave her some tools. We, I always say we in sessions because I know I'm getting information from guides. (laughs) So I would say we are going to say we do this. It always sounds funny to me. I know that we basically gave her some information and insight for her to continue to move on in her life to trust her own intuition so that she can come back and see me for affirmation, for other tools and techniques to really heighten her sense of clairaudience because that was the sense that was uh, really tuned in for her. And that she can utilize that gift to help others because she's an aspiring healer and she's waiting for someone else to tell her that she's a healer when she knows all along and knew all along she was. So if you're out there and you're listening to this, because I know that I'm I'm intentionally putting this information out there for other people who not only want to understand when it's the best time to go see a psychic professional, when it's the best time to use logic versus intuition and how to balance those and making decisions for your own life to understand not to get drawn into fear when it comes to politics, religion, sex, money, relationships, jobs, health issues, buying things, all of those things to empower you so you can learn discernment. But also just having this aspect of the self that is turned on, tapped in, really connected so that we can really incorporate spirit into our everyday routines. It's not about I just need to brush my teeth and take care of my body, and really make sure I'm exercising and eating well, but also connecting socially, and making sure my finances are in order. It's also about incorporating a routine with discernment. And that includes trusting your intuition and logic and having both of those things be supported. And I think that that's one of the missing pieces that we really have the opportunity to turn on. If you know anyone that you do see that struggling with discernment, they're getting pulled into maybe choosing to work with the wrong people. They're maybe choosing the wrong relationships. They're not trusting themselves. They're having a fear of taking responsibility for themselves, or they've just been taken advantage of, or they're very naive. Please send this episode to them. I know a lot of really amazing, sensitive souls that are really tapped in intuitively, but aren't getting the logical information From being grounded. And I want to say that because when people get turned on, so to speak, to intuition, if you haven't listened to the 1111 bonus episode here on the podcast, listen to it. But people are having these spiritual awakening experiences and they're learning how to, how do I trust messages, signs, symbols, uh, dreams? How do I tap into these things? And what do I know? What's real? What's not real? What's, you know, they're trying to figure it out. Some people don't ask those questions. They just trust anything they're getting. They trust a symbol. They trust an owl. They trust a a song. You know, that faith is inspiring. But that faith needs to be anchored with discernment. If it's not, I've seen a lot of amazing spiritual healers. People who are very gifted in tune with spirit. I've seen a lot of them get duped, get pulled into parasitic relationships, and get pulled into cults. That's where discernment is something that you can really, again, I really want to help those people because it's something that if you don't do that, we will continue to, I don't want to say waste, it's not the right word, I guess, but it's, we'll continue to not utilize the resources of these amazing, spiritually gifted, sensitive people. A lot of people in the younger generation are these people. So if you are there and you're on TikTok, you know the younger generation's on TikTok and they're all there and they're maybe starting to do tarot readings, they're whatever, they're playing with Ouija boards, they're trying to do ghost hunting, they're doing all these things that haven't learned discernment yet. And I'm saying from my own experience, find a mentor, listen to this episode, use these techniques for learning to discern because when you do this for yourself, you can make better empowered decisions whether you're intuitive or not. But if you are intuitive and you're connected, you can get clearer information that's much more not broad in general, but you can get very detailed information with your readings. You can also um, have a higher accuracy with your readings. So again, it's to the betterment of all when you learn to discern. You can discern when you're not supposed to read for someone. Or you're not supposed to go see a particular person or a doctor or someone. These, again, I I think are the most important things of our time to learn. Because part of learning to discern is learning to use our free will to recreate our world and recreate heaven on earth. And until we learn to discern, we will continue to get lost in fear. We will continue to give away our power. And that is why learning to discern is the most important thing you can do in your life. Thank you for listening. And again, be well until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Detox Podcast. We wish you wellness and health in your mind, body, and spirit. And be well until next time, my friends.